0: Thank mm-hmm. you. All right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Rollo, Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, part of the Mile High Sports podcast network, and I am excited uh, to hang out with my producer here. He is Michael Ferrero of Mile High Sports. I know we've we've hung out with Michael before. Michael's always in the background. He's hanging out. I'm always referencing Michael uh, in in the music and things like that, and just making sure that all the production stuff is up but uh we we were kind of we we're questioning what to talk about tonight and decided you know what let's go first take on it let's just hang out let's just have fun let's not stress let's about anything do what we do after every episode anyway Might as yeah well. like we always have these conversations yeah. we're this is this is our shooting the shit segment for for pickaxe and roll that's that's what i'm that's what i'm excited for for sure uh, we've got a lot to potentially discuss here. There were some things that happened uh, yesterday and today uh, the, with the MVP discussion that I, I, we, we won't bring up just yet. We'll save that. We'll save that juicy stuff for later. Uh, but cosmics, I definitely see you. I definitely see all of you that decide <laughs> to comment on the MVP, which is really funny. Uh, my, my mentions today... Uh, Michael were dis- they're just disgraceful. <laughs> like from the thread, I was gonna thread my thoughts on the MVP convo and and on like you, you know, know what and that's placed. really not
1: that fair because like throughout the whole season you've been pretty fair about like hey Joel Embiid has been great this year like do I think he's the MVP? Sure, I mean you've said yes I know both times, but like you it's not discredited yeah. really to him just
0: because you cover the Nuggets. I know it's it's always gonna be like that, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stress about it, but like. Hey man, this this beautiful mug that they're that they're taking pictures of it and showing on their on their social media. That's fine with me. Although I did yeah, get a it lot of fun there. today. Oh my god, it's uh, I'm looking I'm looking red as this. Uh, oh, it's not not a good look for somebody that's supposed like, supposed to touch grass. You're supposed to touch grass as a as a NBA writer. Like I, I should probably be touching a little bit more grass if I'm looking like this. So it's all good. We're we're having fun. Um, First and foremost, like, how are you? I know that we we always talk uh, on the download. Not a lot of people are, uh, like, they're not up to date on what Michael's up to right now. But what, what you up to lately, how are you, how are you feeling the, se- the series is going so far? I, I I think this is
1: everything that I wanted in the series. And, I mean, I have zero complaints about everything that we've seen. Um, I'm excited. As a lifelong Nuggets fan, maybe I'm a little biased and overexcited. But, you know, what? I don't even care, okay? Because yeah. this team is, they're fun to root for. They're easy to root for, too, like. There's no ego on the team. They play team basketball, which you can't say for all 30 teams in the NBA. There's a lot of star-driven, iso-ball, hero-ball type of play. This team has three guys that could beat you night in and night out, and they all play together as a unit. So to watch them take down Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, the rest of the Suns, playing as ugly and as grimy as they did the other night and still coming away with a double-digit win, I mean, how could you not just be ecstatic right now? Ugly and grimy is such a great word. It's uh, true. It's, it was. I mean, it, it really was a like a
0: nineties basketball game. Yeah, it's it's hilarious how how sometimes it's just going to be like that. Sometimes it's just how it's going to go. But Denver can win a couple different ways, and we're going to be able to have fun with it. But I wanted. I think that we, we both discussed this and thought, okay, not sure what to talk about right now because of the all this off time. How this is going to go, and I figured that. Why don't we just why don't we just have some fun with this? Why don't we just have some fun segments and and do the do the stuff that we're always talking about offline anyway? We are going to do some kind of first takey style stuff like we're gonna share some takes this is a takesman style of podcast and and I'm looking forward to this. We'll go more nuggets focused in the first segment and then more n b a at large in the second segment just to like try to be at least a little honest with you you know but Sure. Uh, we're we're gonna try try our best, but I know you're a takesman. You you like to to pop off your takes wow. with with me. We'll go into that a little bit later. Yeah, I, some of mine you don't you
1: you don't agree with at all. So we'll yeah, we'll I like I, I that certainly that. do not.
0: <laughs> it's hilarious, man. But we're having fun here. We are gonna enjoy it. Let's focus more on the Denver Nuggets to start though, and let's start with: Are the Nuggets the best team left in the playoff field so far? We've got. Eight teams left, obviously. You've got the four East teams, the four West teams. In the Western Conference, let's just run through You've got Denver up 2-0 on Phoenix. You've got the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers up 1-0 in that. Eastern Conference, you've got Boston and Philly tied 1-1. And then in the other series, you've got a 1-1 tie, New York and Miami. So where are you at with Denver right now? Are they the best team left in that field? I...
1: This is a hard question to answer unbiasedly. I think, okay, trying to put the Nuggets fandom aside, I think they are. I mean, we just I just referenced it a couple of seconds ago. They have three guys that can legitimately get you thirty on any given night. Yeah, uh, Nikola Jokic is the best player in basketball. I'm sorry, it, the, the MVP, great, good job, MB, congratulations, somewhat deserving, sure. Like I, I don't hate that it happened. I mean, I don't like how it came about, but I mean. Jokic impacts the basketball game more than any player in the NBA. He can beat you with rebounds. He can pass. He can score when he needs to. He can get the ball in the post and just bully anyone that can try to guard him. And we saw what Jamal did on the first game. I mean, 32, he was hitting step back, turn around, mid range jumper, fade away from that, what, 15, 18 foot range in the mid range, uh, buried some threes. Um, and, and Michael Porter really hasn't even done anything yet. And he's been, you know, he's been kind of a hidden piece that if they really need to get to him, And he gets hot. I mean, that's another guy that's 6'10 that can shoot over everybody, kind of like a mini KD. Um, Aaron Gordon's been fantastic. He's been the second best player. I mean, who else? What other teams have that much offensive firepower? A guy that can guard a guy like KD. Bruce Christian Brown also been great um, being able to help defend even KCP. Um, Devin Booker. I I just don't think that any other team has. The bench depth might not be as much as other teams or what we would like, but just those six, the depth of those six, they're seven in general. I mean, it has to be the deepest roster in the NBA. No,
0: it's really close. Like I, I can think about Boston. I think about some mm-hmm. of the the lineups that they can put out there. Uh, their starting lineup right now is Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and then they bring Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon. Like they bring a lot of really talented players off. I think their that's bench. really the only. That's the, for that. Yeah, that I think Philly is also. A, Philly's also got a pretty talented roster too. Um, it like they, they've got guys that fit their roles really well, kind of in a, in a similar vein to Denver. Uh, but I don't think that the Lakers are as talented. I don't think that the Warriors are as talented, and I, I don't think the other two East teams are talented either. Uh, that that was that was a little harsh. Like they are they're talented enough. And then like what Jimmy Butler did in the in the first round, and and then that first game was unbelievable. But I don't know. Like, I, I think Denver has a legit claim here. Like, they, they are as talented, if not more so, than any other team. They've got a great coach who's doing it well right now. I know you and I we, we kind of disagree on Michael Malone a little bit in what he provides and what he you brings know what, to the table. Though, to be
1: Completely honest with you, I've been incredibly impressed with him this postseason. There was one play the other night I wish he would have challenged, um, but that's being really nitpicky. I thought they he saved it on a couple different occasions. Uh, there was a play in the third quarter, and then a play in the fourth. Where the fourth quarter play, I mean, you know, if you are not going to use it in the third tight game, in the fourth, uh, I don't remember exactly what happened. Someone might have been, might have been campaigned. Someone threw the ball at a bounce, and it was clearly Denver's ball, right? Um, and and it got called Phoenix ball, and he didn't challenge it. And the play after that, Aaron Gordon got called for a foul. Uh, another another uh, side out of bounds. Someone else threw it in. So there were two fouls on the play. Phoenix didn't end up scoring. Um, I thought he could use the challenge there, but other than that, like I've been somewhat critical of his rotations before. I think he's been brilliant in the playoffs, in this series especially. Um, you know, I had no problem with him making the decision to leave Mike on the bench for the fourth quarter. Um, I, I've been really impressed, and I I love that I get to say that because as a person and as a guy, I love Michael Malone, and I've been critical of his rotations in the past. But man, I think he's handled this series perfectly.
0: No, I love it. I love it, and, and always it's going to come down to which team has the best player in the biggest moments. And we've seen Jokic do that time and time again. Uh, we've seen Murray sometimes step up in that moment and 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 really show that he can take some pressure off of Nikola in certain situations too. I really do think that that game two is an aberration rather than a norm. Uh, now we'll, we'll see whether that bears out in the rest of the series, but I got to imagine that that Jamal will bounce back to, and it'll just be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit different in games three and four. But speaking of which, uh, next question here: Can the Phoenix Suns win both games in Phoenix without Chris Paul? I know that he, like the the injury, uh, like it's it's the communication with it has been a little bit different between the stuff that Sham's put out there and the stuff that the Phoenix Suns themselves put out there. Not really sure what to believe until we actually see it. But I, he was holding his freaking groin. Like, of course, it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be at least a week, is what I what I thought initially. So, you ever, you ever pull the groin? It's horrible. Like, you can't oh. move.
1: Um, can they win both games without Chris Paul? Sure, they can because they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Like, the, the offensive firepower is always there. It's always a potential, but do I think they will? No. Um, I don't think they'll get swept. I think they'll get one of them. Like maybe game three, just because there's been such a layoff and they're going back to Phoenix, back against the wall, kind of. Not a must win, but kind of a must win. Um, back in front of the home crowd, they're going to shoot better at home. I mean, KD's not going to shoot 10 for 27 again. Yeah. Uh, could I see the Nuggets still in that game? Absolutely. But I I don't think that they win both. I don't think it's a sweep, but I'd also, I, I think there's a split. So I don't think the Suns can, I, sure they could, but I don't see it happening. I think it comes back to Denver for game five, and the Nuggets are up 3 to 1.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the most likely scenario too. And I, I wish I could disagree. Like maybe, maybe there's a possibility that Denver does sweep. That would be that would be really cool for for obvious reasons. That would be incredible. Uh, it, it is tough when when you think about the the rotation that Phoenix can actually build out there. Like, what are they going to do without Chris Paul? They're going to have campaign probably start like maybe it's Damian Lee who starts in his place, and then they slide Devin Booker over to the one. Or maybe that's something that they'd rather not mess with initially but think about where, where where's campaign going to hide on defense like a lot of times they were putting chris paul on michael porter in the first two games and mike wasn't really involved and and that's that's something that they're gonna have to figure out of course but i just don't see campaign making an impact as and their defense is going to really really struggle phoenix's will uh, when Denver, they, you know they only put up 97 points, they're going to be out for blood trying to put up at least 110 in in this next game. So I I just don't think the Phoenix has a lot of situations where they can actually put together a stretch of games where they win. But, I mean, who knows? Like, KD is going to be KD. If Devin Booker is going to be Devin Booker, then like, if those guys combine for like 80 points, which they're capable of, then maybe I feel a little bit differently. But right. I mean, think Herculean efforts.
1: You just can't totally count out two offensive superstars like that, and I yeah. think that campaign. He's not the floor general Chris Paul is. He doesn't. He's not going to get him into sets. Um, he's not going to attack the basket and, and shoot from mid range as effectively. But he still has that capability to do that here and there. So if he gets hot in the right game, going back home, he could be a difference maker. Do I think he will? No, but like I don't. I'm not going to be a hundred percent shocked if he finishes game three with like 14 points and five assists or something like that because. He has the capability to potentially do that. Now, do I think it'll happen? No. I think the, the ball is going to be in Devin Booker's hands most of the time, bringing the ball to the floor, and then, you know, obviously Katie will get his touches because he's arguably the best offensive player who's ever lived, but score as, at least. Um, so there's yeah. always potential where he goes off for 45 and they, they steal a game, but stealing a game at home is crazy to think about in a series like this. Like if that's the term you're using, I think the Nuggets are in great shape. Of course, of
0: course. Like it's, it's got to feel that way. And and honestly, if if you're, if you're Phoenix, the game that you were supposed to win was game two when Murray went three of 15. Like that was, that was the one. That was the opportunity that you had. Denver, the rest of their offense wasn't great. Jokic was obviously fantastic, but he could be fantastic going forward too. This isn't like a, this isn't an aberration for him to be that good. So it's tough. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. But I am, of course, looking forward. To what we see here. But tell you what, let's take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about some other stuff, including LeBron James versus Steph Curry and Joel Embiid winning the MVP and, and what that actually looked like in the next game for Philly tonight. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Superbook is amazing, they are very helpful. Uh, For the MHS side, we've partnered with them and doing great things on all fronts. And they're here to tell you about the postseason push for hockey and for hoops. Make it all count with Superbook. They are the best wagering app around with a direct line to communication uh, to experienced bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 uh, $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pick and Roll. pickaxe and roll ron blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning in uh michael is sitting in the co-captain's chair with me thank you so much for stopping by and, and hanging out and in, in front of the camera as opposed to behind it everybody make sure to go give this a like if you're in the chat really appreciate all y'all for supporting us and and, and hanging out with us on this fine wednesday night uh but we've got takes we've got takes to bounce off y'all we've got takes to share and One guy who I know has some takes on LeBron James is Michael Ferrero. He uh, he has he has some takes on uh, the Lakers and the Warriors and everything in between. Uh, Michael, how much do you care specifically about Lakers versus Warriors and and about this LeBron James versus Steph Curry matchup?
1: Well, Lakers versus Warriors. I mean, it's a fun matchup. Like, I'm not going to lie to you and say I have no interest in it because it's as a basketball fan. I mean, last night's game was. Fantastic. Um, I care in the sense that one, I'm looking ahead to see if if and when, because I'm a Nuggets fan, I want to see who they're going to take on in the in the Western Conference Finals. Um So I have some interest there in kind of seeing what the matchups would be or you know who's who's coming into it hot or whatever. Um, from a basketball standpoint, like it's obviously going to be pushed because it's Lakers Warriors. Like the national media is going to blow this one up. So there's a lot of interest there. So I, I am interested in it. Like I care to the extent because you know curry lebron that's that's the that's the main headline but i think i'm more interested in the teams themselves rather than the, those two just matching up with one another as crazy as that might sound because you know everyone else is so focused in on on that matchup it's you know i mean how many times did we see it before the series started which which legacy which player's legacy will be defined by this series like really <laughs>
0: none of them is is the right, right answer right but answer. it it so it's really funny like I, they've been talking about the rings a lot on a lot of these national programs. Where, okay, you've got LeBron with four rings, you've got Curry with four rings, and whoever moves on from this series, if they go get a fifth, like it's going to be hell to pay. And then, like, the, if it's Curry, it could change the entire landscape of this generation. Like, maybe, like, hasn't you gotta, he done that? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: Tell me Steph Curry hasn't already changed the game of basketball. Yeah, he has.
0: I've, it's so funny that you, that you say that because we're talking about like right before the show like LeBron versus Curry and you're like I ah, don't I might take Curry's career. I might take Curry. That was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. As,
1: look, as as much as like as much as I personally cannot stand LeBron James, I was sick because I was actually kind of rooting for the Lakers to beat Memphis in the first round. Like no. I don't, I don't care for LeBron. I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything. But I respect him. Like I might not like the guy, I but I, like he is, other than maybe Bo Jackson, the most physically gifted athlete of all time. Do I think he's the best basketball player of all time? I don't. But I think he's the most physically gifted one, and he's got four rings. He's he's the all-time leading scorer. Like the dude is a legitimate all-time top. This is where we kind of get into it a little bit. I'm going to say top. Five player of all time. Mm. Make the argument for one or two. I don't necessarily believe it or agree with it, but like I will hear you out and say, yeah, there's points there. Memphis hasn't done anything. Why Memphis, like, Memphis talking as wild, wild as they were? Was, and balancing and saying he's old. I need to get 40 from man. Come on, you got to respect. All, you got to. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> you have to respect his greatness. How, how can Dylan Brooks come out and say, "Man, this guy's washed"? I, he's got to put forty on me. I don't notice. It's him.
0: honestly not even. It's not even that. It's just like, okay, you got to respect the other person as a competitor across from you. Not like, not like anything. Like, just have like moral decency, Dylan Brooks. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, the, there's a reason why Memphis has apparently kicked him to the curb, which. I don't know if you saw that announcement. Was it yeah. Tuesday morning? I don't know the circumstances they bring him back. That's absurd. Oh my God. Like it was just I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before in my life. And and they they threw him under the bus. Uh let it be known that they probably should uh they probably should definitely uh have a little little bit of a conversation about Ja, a little bit of a conversation about Jaron Jackson and the rest of their team and how it's built, but it is hilarious to see uh like i am i'm I'm very curious to to see where this goes like with this lebron and and steph thing and and with this this other series because gotta know who the nuggets are facing on the other side thats that's a big deal
1: yeah that's i mean I think that's the main intrigue here too, but it kind of is like i think swiper asked i don't know if this was on your last episode with him, or if we kind of talked after the show afterward, if he wins, if Steph does some, and I we'll won't say it's not going to, but let's just say yeah. how they win another ring. Does that put you for you? Does that put him as the best point guard in the history of the NBA? It's,
0: Oh God. Like I, I'm one of those guys that could have like magic Johnson third all time. Just, just how I, I actually agree with that. That's where unbelievable i unbelievable He was, but five rings with the injuries that Curry faced at the beginning of his career, and still dominating the NBA as in the way that he did, like it's not like it's not like Magic Johnson didn't also benefit from Curry. Like like it's and when you talk about Steph and KD and things like that, like he got two of those rings. But if he gets three of them without KD, like that that feels really big. That feels right. like a really big deal. So. I think if he did get it, then that that would completely upend the top five. And, and I think you can make an argument that he's over LeBron. But I personally wouldn't. But uh, just because, like, I, I think people forget how long LeBron James has been in the NBA.
1: That's, that's the – I mean, that's the part where you have to – gosh, man, you're making this – make me give respect to LeBron show. I hate this. But that's really kind of where you have to give him his flowers. He's been so durable and so good. So good for so long. Like –
0: I mean, he's been,
1: he's been doing it for (laughs) 20 years. Yeah. Um, the the thing about Curry though, he, you can't deny that he's revolutionized the game. Like no one has ever shot the ball like him. Like you have never in the history of the NBA had to pick up someone legitimately at the second he crosses half court and he's done it. And he comes off every single screen. He comes, I mean, he, he doesn't ever stop moving. The dude doesn't get tired. Like it's, it's crazy what he's done now. Is he more of a, well, I don't know. I mean, I, He's not a bad passer either. He's just—he's the greatest shooter who's ever lived, and I think that has to carry some merit into that
0: conversation. Hundred uh, percent. If you had to, like last one before we move on, if you had to pick from a Nuggets perspective, which team you would rather face in order to get to the finals? Which one would it be? Uh,
1: well, uh, if you would have asked me this a month ago, I would have said the Lakers. Um, actually, probably since the All Star break. I mean, they've they've played pretty well. I don't I don't think they have the depth to compete. I, I AD doesn't scare me all that much. I know he's a great player. Um, I, I Probably the Warriors, just because they've been so bad on the road. And I know they, you know, they went and won a game seven in, in Sacramento, but it took step drop in 50 for them to beat a team who hadn't been in the postseason in 17 years. So I'm going to say, man, I don't even, do you really want to say that you want to ring? I'm going to, you know what? I want LeBron. <laughs> I want LeBron. I'm going to say, I, let, let's go with the Lakers. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think... Golden State's really the only team that can really get hot. You know, if they get hot from beyond the arc, there's really nothing you can do to stop that. The Lakers don't have a ton of shooters. If you wall up and you you just keep people out of the paint, I, I don't think the Lakers can beat the Nuggets in a
0: seven game series. So I'm going to go with the Lakers. What I will say is that with Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown, and even Jamal, like at, at times, like they have a a rotation now that is better built to chase around stuff than they did previously. Uh, I, I think that that. Definitely helps, but it's tough, man. Like both of those teams, I've I've gained more respect for the Lakers over the course of this playoff run for them. Like it, it took a while; I was very skeptical for a long time, but I they have they have garnered some respect for sure. And the way AD is playing defense has been incredible too. Mm-hmm. So. Whichever series it is, it's going to be tough. Like I, I don't know if I even want to choose. Like I, I, I think that they just yeah, have. If you do it. You got to choose. Okay. Um. I would rather Denver face the Lakers because I don't trust LeBron as much as I trust Curry. Right. I think that that's like just where they are in their careers. Um.
1: So I, mean, I really don't think the Nuggets, and hopefully this isn't overly optimistic. I don't think the Nuggets really have too many struggles with either team. That's not to take any any disrespect. Yeah. Or, like it's hard to say that against a team that has been there and done that so many times in the Lakers in the Warriors. And then with with LeBron and AD the Lakers like you can't underestimate those guys, but I just don't see any way the Lakers can win a seven-game series if they can't get to the rim. They just don't have the outside shooting to compete. And yeah. I think if you if you like I said if you just pack the paint, the wall up and you know, let AD get 25, 30, let LeBron drive and Hopefully he doesn't get a favorable whistle all the time and keep him in the twenties. Like the two of them get 60, 70 points. I mean, that's
0: fine. It's funny. We got two different, uh, two different comments here that I think are fascinating. Aaron says warriors for the revenge factor. That's who he would want to play. And then uh, Dr. Van Nostrand says, would be nice to get revenge on the Lakers too. Uh, Both of these are revenge series. Like Denver's been eliminated by both of those teams in the last three years. And the one in the middle was the Suns. So this like it benefits denver from any of those perspectives so i think that's that's a fascinating wrinkle to this too um okay let's move on now we've we've done some good work there now we got to talk about philly uh, i the as the question that i asked there was do the philadelphia 76ers have a chance versus the boston celtics you would think that after they won game 1 without the mvp that like this would be a cakewalk now like hey you just you got one you you got it there and then and now you should be perfectly fine. But the way that Embiid played and the way that the team kind of responded to that, like they were very fine, just going back to Philly with the one-one sweep or with the one-one split. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how yeah, I feel, I feel so about you
1: didn't see your voice there at all.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I it's it's, it's, it's sometimes like sometimes you just gotta you just gotta see what's going on, Michael. That's the most <laughs> important thing. The most important thing going on right now is that. I think the Sixers might be better without their MVP.
1: I mean, it's interesting how you can have an MVP who uh, his team has a great winning percentage without him. He misses a court. You know what? We don't even have to go into that. Good for 12. <laughs> glad, glad he can stop complaining about it. I, 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 I said it. I said it. We don't have to
0: acknowledge it anymore.
1: <laughs> but just, God, my goodness. It didn't even look like it's amazing to me that all the like he wasn't going to play until game three then he gets the trophy and all of a sudden he's ready to go
0: for game two and he ready to go tonight like actually well you want you want to know my honest opinion is that i don't think he looked ready to go he looks slow that dude looks slow he made some good plays blocking shots but he was sitting back under the rim a lot of the time and that's just a like that's a recipe for disaster against a team like boston where you need somebody who's mobile. You need somebody who can switch. You need somebody who can guard. And I just don't think he's in a great physical place right now to be able to do it.
1: Well, I mean, he clearly, like, I'm not going to take away anything from the guy because, you know, it, this, this discourse and this conversation all season was so toxic. Like, Jokic and Embiid are both two of the top three players in the NBA right now. Yeah. Like, they're both great. Both franchises would be lucky, and they are lucky to have either one of those guys. So let's not get that twisted. But the fact of the matter is, look at how much this team can do without Joel Embiid. They have a former MVP on their team. James They've got Martin, a good roster. <laughs> game one. It's good. And tonight, Embiid comes back. Like you said, he looked a little slow. He wasn't ready to go. I think it was more of just a show like, oh, I'm the MVP. I'm going to come out and play. He had 15 points, and half of them were from the free throw line, which is you know, kind of normal for him. But um, that's not, neither here nor there. But it just, I mean, he, he had four or five blocks, but he had three rebounds. Seven footer grabbing three rebounds. Your MVP seven foot center grabbing three rebounds and a 36-point loss.
0: 34 yeah. point loss. I mean I it's know. not like there weren't a lot of rebounds to be had. Like uh, let me just look at the box score here. Boston only grabbed eight offensive rebounds, so maybe that's part of it, but uh, it, it's just not it's not great, man. Like they had to they had to cover for him. Like this this Sixers team had to cover for him in a lot of ways, and they're not gonna be able to do that the entire time. So I'm curious to see what it looks like, but yeah, we've we've got the chat here that they're they are not feeling the uh, MVP, and I, I understand. And I posted about it today. I tried to post honest thoughts about it that I didn't think were very like controversial, and somehow they were turned very controversial. Just in the, in the way that like, yeah, Jokic definitely took his foot off the gas at the end of the season, and I I didn't think that that was a controversial thing, but Philly fans and and some NBA fans did not like that because they. They think that I'm just standing for, for Jokic in this case. Like I criticize Jokic more than anybody locally. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? It's, it's, what are we doing? It's very frustrating. I, mean, I said it again.
1: Well no. <laughs> Michael makes fun of me for saying that all the time. I'm gonna start making uh, total or over underlines on how many times Ryan says what are we doing per per week? It started at like five and a half. Oh my god. <laughs> but no, it just the thing that frustrates me the most is everyone saying it's it came out a bunch of times if Jokic hadn't won it the last two years, he would have won it this year going away. This was probably his best. Then vote for that. Who cares? Like that, that narrative and the other one of, well, you know, Michael never won three in a row and Larry never won. Like it it, it doesn't matter. You vote for who the best player was that season. And I think all the toxic conversation that came from the big national stations and, you know, big former NBA players saying certain things that we don't even need to repeat, but it just, it influenced voters when it shouldn't have, and all of a sudden this became a, a popularity contest, a you know, wine for the award. If, if you thought Embiid was the better player, then vote for that. If you thought Yoke that's it. Like I'm not
0: saying that Embiid didn't deserve it because sure he had 33 and 10. That's great. If there's no, it's his turn. There's no exactly. it's not Yoke's turn. Like it's not Jokic's turn anymore. Just make it about like, hey. This is the most deserving player. Here is why. Here is how I am going to explain this. And it just was never about that for so much of this year. And I I I keep going back to Kendrick Perkins and, and how he turned that into something that it should not have been. And it was it was very disappointing to see. It was very disappointing to to have to read that and and to have to. Cover that, like for this entire time, I've got to talk to these guys, and like we had to ask Nikola Jokic about stat padding, and, and he heard about all the racist comments. Like there, there was a lot of this shit that turned it personal. <laughs> it became something
1: other than basketball, and it should never be that. Yeah, just I don't know how you can look at a guy and say he should have won the MVP had he not won in the past, or Kendrick Perkins coming out with the crazy racial takes. Like the dude nearly averaged a triple double. He's a center. If he was really, really stat padding, you don't. I don't think he finishes the season with nine point eight assists per game. I really don't.
0: He finished close, twelve total assists shy. There's no way he would have gone shy. No way.
1: Exactly. You were that close. You would purposely pat like it's it's absurd. So great for Embiid. I'm glad the conversation's over. So we don't ever have to hear about it again. Where he deserves when it's his turn. He had a great season. That's fine. Jokic, to me, if I had a vote. Not because I'm a Nuggets fan, I thought he had the better season. That's all, that's all it is. That's all it should ever come down to.
0: And that's that's all it ever should be about, but it wasn't this year because uh, the criteria changed because that's just that's just how it goes. But is what it is. Um tell you what folks, let's wrap up with one more question and then we're actually going to get out of here a little bit earlier. Uh, not not as much content for today, but but we had we had some fun with with this particular discussion. That was good. Uh last one here. What do you think uh, – we've got the four other teams in the Eastern Conference. What do you think is the best NBA Finals matchup from a Nuggets perspective? And you could take that any number of different ways. I'm very curious to see which way you go. Realistically? Or I, – I, I think if any of those teams, based off of – you know that one of Miami or New York is going to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know that. You can guarantee that. Pen that in. And you also know that if you're in the Final Four, there's no reason why you can't be in the Final Two. Miami proved that in the bubble uh, back in 2020.
1: Interesting. I mean, to be honest, I think the Knicks would be the team that I would want the Nuggets to match up with the most over Miami. Miami was worse in this regular season, but I think they have a better coach. I think they have a better superstar. And I think that the Nuggets have just always, in the last four or five years, have played very well against New York. I don't think they have anybody that can guard Jokic. I don't think they have anybody that could guard MPJ. Uh, a couple of the guards could make it a little bit difficult for Murray, but I really don't see them presenting a problem for him either. I just, and they really don't have the offensive firepower to keep up. Now, not to say Miami necessarily does, but they've got, anytime you've got a guy like Jimmy, I'd rather play the team that doesn't have him. Yeah. Realistically, it's going to come, I think it's going to come down to either Philly or Boston. And in that case, I'd rather see Philadelphia. I, I, I know the matchup with, of course, they'd be very toxic for NBA Twitter, but. Uh, Jokic and Embiid would be great, you know. Um, Harden has been great. Maxie's good. They're a good team, but I just think that Boston is way deeper and presents way more of a problem for the Nuggets.
0: Thank you, Jess. I, I appreciate that. Michael's been Michael's been doing so much stuff behind the scenes, and I'm, I'm just realizing I really like this format for the show. We got to do this more frequently. This was a lot of fun. Um, uh, but I'm I'm with you, man. I I think that it's important to like. It's important to realize. Obviously, it's more likely that Boston or Philly is going to be the team. Is they're going to be the team that comes out of the East in all likelihood. Now, can Miami do it? Sure. Can New York do it? Sure. I I probably would not bet on it. But I mean, if I was going to bet on the team, it might be Miami just just from an odds perspective <laughs> because like like you know that Jimmy's going to play psychological warfare against Jimmy Butler or against uh, Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid, like whichever of those guys actually. They, they match up with if it is New York or if it is Miami that comes out. But from a pettiness standpoint, God, man, I want Philly. <laughs> I, I, I need that and I need Jokic to just go bonkers, go ape shit, because he's capable of it and because you know, absolutely, you know that they will put P.J. Tucker on Jokic sooner rather than later. And they know that that's the way that they can do it. It's the only way they're going to be able to guard Denver, and they're not even going to be able to really guard Denver if Aaron Gordon plays the way that he was playing, or if uh, Jokic, frankly, plays the way that he was playing. And Denver, they've got so much capability to be able to match up with that style now that it, it does. It's not something that you fear. Well, like, and let's not forget
1: too that the matchup that they played each other in Philly, Denver blew a huge lead. Like no, not yeah. taking anything away from Philly. And Embiid played great, and that's kind of what drove the narrative before he ducked him here um but i i just don't see that happening in a finals matchup like i think i think the team has grown i think michael malone has grown and i don't think you know they they looked like the better team for 36 minutes of, well 33 minutes of that game it was kind of a fluke and beat got real hot nuggets looked horrible in the fourth quarter. like i don't see that happening again and i think that's something that yeah sure harden and and maxi and even in to an extent like they're all capable of getting it. go Obviously, Embiid, but there's just no reason to believe that Philly is what they were in that second half of that game over better than Denver. I just, I just don't believe it. I don't think there's ever a game matchup again where Embiid outplays Jokic by that much.
0: I think you're right about that. But Jess also makes another uh, another comment here. I was enjoying the Celtics beatdown, but you do have a point. I. I was enjoying the Celtics beat down too, and and part of the narrative that I would love to continue to feed into is that Jokic can make it out of the second round, and, and Embiid just can't. Like, how funny is that? That that that's just the that's the ceiling for the guy that plays elite defense, and and everybody talking about the guy that that doesn't play elite defense. And Jokic has to say you can't really win with that in the playoffs. How funny would it be if it was flipped? And and it really has been flipped. I mean, was. honestly, tell
1: me that I'm not just. Looking through Nuggets colored glasses right now. Has Jokic not been great this series
0: defensively? His defense has been real good. Now, there are some things that he just can't do. Like, I think that when Devin Booker... did, Devin Booker started to figure some things out in the second game where he'd kind of pull Jokic away from the rim a little bit to the side and going, like, east-west as opposed to north-south. But Jokic has done a great job against the teams that are trying to, like, go through him. Like, he's just a brick wall. That's just not going to happen, but if he can continue to contain then i don't see any reason why any of these other matchups are going to be that much worse like right. and, even, and the narrative was... even golden state by the way
1: well the narrative was phoenix is going to put jokic in about 5000 pick and rolls um he's defended it pretty well he's never going to be an he's never going to be an elite rim protector it's just not what he is but i think, I think he's i think he's stepped out great and i think that he's he's made it difficult for them i mean clearly by the they gave up eighty seven points.
0: yeah, yeah. they've They've really struggled in the pick and roll, like Phil, Phoenix has. Phoenix has struggled to create in the pick and roll, which is something that nobody really thought was going to happen. Not even like I didn't. I, I'm generally pretty positive on on what Denver can do, but the podcasts and the content that I was putting out before this series were mostly from the perspective of, I don't think that Denver can actually do this. And yet and yet they've been able to make it work. So it's it's really impressive to see them do it. Um, I I think that if you if your goal is for the Nuggets to win a championship, the best matchup is probably New York. Like just like I think they're the weakest team of the four. If your perspective is the most revenge possible, uh, then I think it's probably Philly. If yeah. your perspective is to be the pettiest possible, it is Boston, and then to see Philly wallow in the second round
1: again—that's uh, where I'm at. To be honest with you, I don't even. <laughs> I want. I want Philly to lose in six. They're, 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 I mean, I don't know. They looked horrible tonight, and yeah, that's got to be like. I know they get to go back home. Their crowd's gonna be crazy. Embiid's gonna get his MVP trophy. Good for him. But how do you go from beating? a good, good Boston team without him to getting just blown
0: out with him. I mean, something is really off there. Uh, It's, (laughs) they, they have two different styles. Like you can play Harden style basketball and you can play Embiid style basketball. And sometimes like they're able to blend it together, but I, there's, there's a lot that they, they struggle to do uh, when they're, when they're doing one or the other. And like Harden had an out of body experience in game one. I don't think he's going to be capable of it for the rest of the series, but we're just gonna have to see we're, we're gonna see what what it looks like, but I'm watching that series closely if you can't tell like <laughs> I, I uh I have I have a little bit of stock in, in that series, just just uh petty stock at this point. Ryan being petty When has that ever happened it's it's not like, <laughs> i I try to stay above it like I really do, but it's like these these Twitter users are are getting to me man it's it's very irritating. Very irritating to see, but who cares? Who cares at this point? We're we're having fun. We're enjoying it. I am enjoying this conversation as well, Michael. This was fun. This oh, was yeah. enjoyed it, I, really, it. I really, enjoyed this. This it's was doing cool. what we do normally. Yeah, like we're just actually making money. I'm. Ju- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, we're we're having we're having a good time. So, folks, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you'd like to see us do something more like this going forward. We can absolutely do it. I'm sure that there will be plenty of times, especially over the off season too, where we're going to have some potential for takes. But this was a great time with all the with all the drama that's going on in the playoffs right now. Michael and I, we are definitely going to have some time to chat about this stuff, and we'll we'll be chatting about it maybe online again too. So should be a lot of fun uh, in front of the camera. Michael, can you hit that outro music for me, <laughs> uh, folks? That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Mike, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here about LeBron James? No, no more LeBron
1: talk for me, please. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll leave with is you will never be as good, just never be as good as Jordan. That's all I'm going to leave that. At.
0: Man, that's funny. That's it's true. It's probably true. I he's my goat because like of this generation because I never got to watch Jordan play. Like Jordan was, I, I was born after Jordan played basically. So. It is what it is, but we're having a good time. Uh, Everybody hit that like button on the way out. If you can really appreciate all the love and support on the show uh, for Michael and for for me over here. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.